You're listening to Behind the Impact, the podcast that looks at how the most philanthropic companies on the planet are making impact as told by the very change makers that make it happen. Hello and welcome to episode 23 of Behind the Impact. I'm your host, Jeremy Brown, and in this episode, Sarah Glickstein, the head of social impact at Visible, joins the show. Sarah, welcome to Behind the Impact. Thank you. It's so good to be here. I am very excited to talk to you about Visible and all the great things that they're company is up to from a social impact perspective. But before we get into that, what I would like to do is take a step back and kind of go back in time. I would love to learn more about your journey into the social impact profession. So let's start there. Yeah, well, it is great to be here. Thanks for having me, Jeremy. My social impact career began around the age of 10. Um, I've been fundraising since I was little. Um, my younger brother was diagnosed with autism 25 years ago at a time when no one really knew what that meant. And my family took action the only way that we knew how, which was raising money, getting involved, walking for a cause. Uh, and that's I was sort of thrust into that world as a young, a young person and it stuck with me for my entire career. So from, from that point on, I knew that that type of work is what I wanted to be doing. I, after college and then I went to grad school, I started my career in grant making, philanthropic grant making at a private family foundation. And I knew, I was there for a while, I knew that at some point in order to be a really effective grant maker and further my career in philanthropy, it would be important to learn what it was like on the development side, so the asking for money side, um, so I went over to Special Olympics International, an organization near and dear to my heart, as I explained in the beginning because of where my background and my brother, uh, and I was on the corporate development team. So I worked on some pretty cool campaigns with some pretty cool companies while I was there, and I thought, one day I'm going to do what you do. One day I'm going to be on the other side of this. I didn't even know this was a path that I could pursue, but that is what I want to be doing. And then the pandemic hit and I thought this was going to be my my end to the tech world. So I uh, transitioned over to Salesforce, specifically salesforce.org, and managed nonprofit accounts. So I was slowly making my way over to that corporate side, but still maintaining my love and devotion to the nonprofit world. And while I was there, somebody that I worked with at Special Olympics in CSR told me about this opening at Visible. And I have been here ever since in my dream role of redesigning and implementing a CSR strategy for a really innovative and socially conscious brand. You have a unique experience in that you have the nonprofit experience and also the for-profit experience. And there are so many social impact leaders that are trying to figure out a way to kind of bridge that gap where they might have nonprofit partners or they're looking for nonprofit partners, but they're trying to figure out how do I, how do I find them? How do I communicate with them? How do I create a long lasting relationship with organizations from your experience on, on kind of living on both sides of, of the, the fence, so to speak, how have you found, what lessons have you learned in regards to finding those nonprofits to partner with and creating those those long-lasting relationships? 
Great question. I've been a relationship builder. I would say that's, that is what I've done since the very beginning. And on all sides of this, nonprofit, philanthropic, corporate, we're building relationships to succeed. So a nonprofit is called a nonprofit, but they're a business. They want to raise money. Businesses obviously want to make money. And in order to do so, it's important to build really good relationships. So on the nonprofit side, I think I learned that more long-term partnerships are obviously ideal. You want to go for multi-year grants. You want to make sure that your account manager is is always there. You're always there. You have a really good relationship with your account manager. And on the corporate side, knowing what I know about being the person on the other side of the table, it's also just as important for me to show up for the nonprofit, for to respond in a timely manner, to make sure that their interests are heard. In terms of finding that nonprofit, I think um, it all depends on what your strategy is and how what the what nonprofits goals are need to align with your internal company goals. Now, speaking of company, let's transition to visible. I would love to learn more about the company and your role within the company. Let's start there. Yeah. Visible is a subsidiary of Verizon, which everyone knows. Uh, and we are another option as a wireless carrier. So we are the first all digital wireless carrier and we cater to the digital generation. So let me let me tell you what that means. Um, I'm not sure if you, Jeremy, are on your family's wireless plan, but so many people are still on their family plan from way back when. And that's because it's really expensive to have your own wireless line. So when I got my first job out of school, my parents were like, cool, see ya, time to find your own phone line. Like you can't be on our family plan now. So I paid a lot of money to keep my phone number and be on my own line. And I'm not alone. There are a lot of people who don't have, don't want, for whatever reason, cannot access a family plan and wireless should be affordable for them too. So Visible caters to that population, those people who want autonomy over their own wireless line. Another key unique characteristic for us is that we're all digital, so there are no visible stores. You're still able to get a cell phone, accessories, all of those things, but everything is done digitally. And finally, and I would say most importantly, we are a mission-driven provider. So we are offering connectivity, not as a side project, but as central to our business and what we stand for. And what is your role within the company currently? I am the head of social impact at Visible. So that means I lead all of our employee engagement efforts across specifically Visible and a subset of the Verizon um, employee base. I work on our nonprofit partnerships and campaigns. Um, I run all of our signature programs. So uh, again, working in partnership with nonprofits to, to make sure that our strategy is sound and we're delivering uh, important, the, the important work that we set out to do to the communities that we've identified. So let's double click into social impact at Visible. How does a company currently use its product, its employees, and even capital to make an impact in the community? Yeah, so our, our focus of impact is around connectivity. Makes sense. 
we're a wireless brand. We are devoted to making sure people are connected. And part of that is giving people access to resources. Connectivity is one of those resources. So we partner with nonprofits, as I mentioned. Um, through people, we have a ton of volunteer events, which is part of our nonprofit partnerships. We want to make sure that the people that work at Visible and work at Verizon are giving back um, in a really meaningful way. We also have a signature program um, called Connection Protection, which is one of the focus areas of our impact strategy. Um, we noticed that around this year, last year, um, there were a lot of layoffs happening, not just the ones that we heard about in the news from big tech, but also the less reported kind were happening all over the place as sort of residual pandemic and also the world continuing to change. So we launched a program called Connection Protection where we offer three months of service on us to those experiencing work hardships, layoffs, hours cut, um, and again, partnering with a nonprofit to, to fulfill that. So that's a good example of product. Like we are offering our service to people who, who are in need um, to make sure that they can remain connected. And then capital, we, I mean, financial in-kind assistance to, to our partners. Um, we also try to be, no pun intended, as visible as possible. So um, for example, right now our Pride campaign is live. We are, we're, we're trying to show those stories and tell those stories in a pretty visible way. When you joined the company, was there already social impact in place or did you start that from the ground up? There was already social impact in place. Technically, we at Visible have had this, have had a strategy in place even before Visible became Visible. So the founders of Visible got together and they said, how can we be mission driven? How can we make sure that impact is central to who we are? And we started with a program called Visible Connect, which was an accelerator program that was for nonprofits using mobile technology in really interesting and innovative ways. That lasted a couple of years. The pandemic hit. Visible is only five years old this May, so we're pretty new. Um, so after a couple of years, the world changed, um, leadership changed, wireless changed, everything really changed. And I came in to re-up the strategy. So we, in February, launched our new strategy called Visible Impacts that focuses on three pillars and we created that program that I mentioned, Connection Protection. Um, so we've always had it, but it's sort of a, a new iteration of it. And for Visible Impacts, what are the three pillars? Yes. So we, as I said, con connectivity is central to what we do. And we're trying to tackle three big challenges using that power of connection. So the first is food. We um, help hunger relief organizations modernize their technology so we can serve more people in need. My favorite example here is there were there are a lot of food banks in the world, and for a long time, people had to go in person to get that that service. And then when 2020 hit, that was not an option anymore. So a lot of places started developing apps and order ahead programs, and that's really where Visible can fit into that category, the mobile access and mobile connectivity to food. Work is the second. So we use our wireless service to help underserved communities connect with employment opportunities, like connection protection. 
um, and also some mentorship opportunities. And community is the third. So specifically LGBTQ plus and accessibility organizations um, ensuring that there is a greater sense of belonging in line with connectivity. So it's, is it safe to say it's so connectivity is the North Star and or the, maybe the umbrella is a better, better phrase. And then underneath it are the programs and they ladder up to the overall kind of mission from a social impact perspective. That, that is correct. And then within those pillars lies our program, our signature program, visible, uh, connection protection. And so from coming in and restarting the social impact program at Visible, what are some of the challenges that you came across in those early days of you know, coming in and, and trying to re-engage and, and restart the program that had already you know, started way back when? At the beginning, it was really hard to conceptualize how a utility company that provides, a, at this point, a basic need, connectivity is a basic need, how we can show up in the impact space. We're not a point of sale. We're not a storefront. We're, our name is visible, but our product is invisible. We are a wireless service provider. So I think that focus on connectivity was really, really important for us to, to double down on. Um, and I, I would say those were some of the big challenges. The other is, of course, with any developing any program, there are a lot of opinions and there's a lot of stakeholders to make sure um, are involved and part of the process. So as a company that's pretty new, five years old, with iterations of things already before I joined and as part of Verizon, there are just many many different waves of stakeholders to navigate. Yeah, on that front, how did you navigate those <laughs> those situations? Because I imagine for a lot of social impact leaders that they're in that same boat, maybe not to the extent that you're in because you, you know, obviously Verizon's a really large company, um, but they have to navigate the different stakeholders that they get executive buy-in and so on and so forth. How did you navigate those? the situations. Yeah, I would say the 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 most important thing is to bring people along with you. So, I started with research, which is really important. Uh, we we did a very big materiality assessment amongst our employees, our key stakeholders, our audience, our members, people who follow us on social media, a ton of different touch points to research and then grounded the strategy in that. Um, and I would say for us, we're in this unique position because we're, we're a unique brand, but we're in the Verizon portfolio. So staying really close with the CSR team at Verizon along the way, ensuring that the visible stakeholders were bought in, but also that Verizon was passionate about this was really important. For the assessment, can you walk me through what that that look like? Because I, again, I imagine a lot of social impact leaders are going to be in that same boat where they want to do an assessment like that. They don't know where to start though. Yeah. Where did you start? I started by identifying all of the different people and places that would influence our strategy. So some easy places to start, survey your employees, see what they're passionate about. They work at the company. A lot of them, whether they tell you or not, this is probably a reason that they joined because of the give back component. So that's a good place to start. 
your stakeholders, leadership, executives, they, everyone cares about this work, which is great. And it's also important to take all of that and synthesize it in order to come up with a strategy. So interviewing stakeholders, surveying stakeholders, depending on how many you have, that can help define that approach. There are ways to survey customers. So we we did that in a unique way, but there are ways to to do surveys amongst the people that you serve. There are social listening tools out there that can tell you somebody who follows your brand on social media, the other brands that they follow on social media and the other people that they follow, which is really interesting to developing a strategy. I would say there are a ton of research data points out there that already exist about this work that can help inform what do millennials and Gen Z care about? What, you know, what do, what are people talking about right now? Um, and then just as a person staying up to date on, on what's happening in this world, it's, it's ever changing. And, um, I think that's also as a professional development tool, really important. Okay. So now you're at visible, you're running social impact. When you look towards the future of visible and your, your vision and your strategy from a social impact perspective, what are you excited about? I'm excited that we, as a five-year-old company are really standing for what we believe in. And we are small, but we're giving back in a really big way. We don't necessarily have the resources of some really, really big companies out there. I am a team of one on this on this social impact visible team, but we have um, so much support from leadership to continue doing this work. And I'm excited that that, that that exists. I'm excited as a person that there are brands out there really experimenting and trying to do this work in a unique, authentic way, um, which I think is, is really important. And I think the brands that do this well and continue to iterate and test and try are the ones that are going to succeed. As a team of one, how do you manage it all? That is... I feel like 90% of the social impact leaders I, I speak to are a team of one, at most maybe a team of two. That's a lot to manage. How do you do it? I really enjoy this type of work and the fact that no day is the same. So I would say if, if that is not your vibe, this may not be the right role. But I also think because, as I said before, building relationships is really important and really the key to all of this the more the better your relationship is internally with the team for me with Verizon with nonprofits the more effectively i'm going to do my job and you know the more support i'm going to have along the way so that's a big point and the second is i have just built my network as i as i continue in this world so i'm a team of one but i have so many people around me on the marketing team on the Verizon team external to Visible and Verizon who are in this world experiencing the same thing. And um, that is a big, a big support for me as I continue. In terms of relationship building, what are some of the ways that you do that? Um, Not just with other, not just with peers in the profession, but like with nonprofits as well. I use all of the knowledge I've had from being frustrated on the other side of the table in this, in this role. So because my career has gone from like grant making to the to development to corporate to csr like experiencing what it's been like to be in all of those other positions is 
is how I relationship build. It's how I continue to build relationships. So when I was at Salesforce and I would talk to a nonprofit, I would share, I just came from the nonprofit world. Like I was doing this while I was there. I think in my role here, it's the same. Having that nonprofit background is really helpful because I understand their fiscal year timelines, their um, budget parameters, their annual planning process. Like I've been through it and it's helpful to have that knowledge in order to, to really be effective. If somebody came to you and you know said, Sarah, look, at my company, I'm, I'm really interested in building a social impact program. We don't have anything right now. I do have a little bit of buy-in from the executive team, but I don't know where to start. What kind of advice would you give that person in terms of actually building a foundational program that they can then, you know, obviously iterate on and, and build upon? I would say it's important to build your network, uh, internal and external. Um, people who people have been in this position before and can help you navigate. Second, really important to ground your strategy and research. Um, you need that strategy to be authentic and unique to your brand and. Just because you personally are passionate about something does not mean that your company needs to be doing that. It needs to be grounded in, in research. Um, and the third, I think it's really easy to try to tackle everything. There are so many things going on in the world. Um, and as a person who's really passionate about this kind of work, I just want to solve everything tomorrow. Um, but that's not always realistic. So being clear on a strategy, identifying really specific focus areas and and focusing on those is is a good way to make a more a more clear impact and how, in terms like to your point there are so many problems out there and the folks that do this work they want to solve all those problems or at least have a hand in in helping solve those problems and you bring up a good point around being focused focusing on the things that you can probably have the biggest impact in for you and in, in your experience I'm sure, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm sure there was some times where you had five things that you wanted to, to solve, but you had to whittle it down to two. How did, like, how did you do that? How did you, how did you focus in or narrow the scope down to those two things that would have the biggest impact? It's just, it's like you were listening for months about these back and forth conversations over here. It's true. I, I, kept going back and forth about we have three pillars should we just focus on one should we should we continue the work we've been doing or should we just start over should we you know this was like months and months of internal debate of what you know what should what should we do what's going to drive the most impact and really the most visibility to visible and i think I, the realization is you, you got to start somewhere we have been starting from the beginning with impact. It's changed as the world changes and it will continue to change. So we have pieces of our strategy from the very beginning. We have nonprofit partners that we've worked with from the very beginning. We have um, pillars that we've had since the very beginning and we've iterated. We've created a new program, new focus areas. And I think that in this world especially, it's really important to be able to continue to change. Of you know, the focus areas are going to change. People are going to care about different things. The next generation is going to be totally different than this generation. So, how do you create a strategy that stands for what your company believes in and 
is authentic to your value proposition and looking forward, how can those things grow and evolve and change and how can you bring people along with you to help make those changes? Have there been any instances where you started a program and realized this is probably not the the path we want to go down and, and scrapped it all together? Not invisible, but in my life, <laughs> probably. Um, I'll actually, I'll give you an example of the opposite of that, where we started on a path and it ended up working out really well, but we didn't really know what was going to happen when we went down that path. So um, I was at Special Olympics during the pandemic and the whole model of Special Olympics stopped. It's all about athletes playing sport in person. And that is not possible when everyone is stuck inside. So I worked with Microsoft, who was one of my um, accounts at the time, to figure out how to re-strategize that and come up with an e-gaming tournament. So Xbox got involved, people were home, they were starving for that competition and interaction in some way. And this was like an idea that then turned into a huge moment in 2020, or yeah, in 2020, um, where athletes were competing from home. It's now a a program at Special Olympics. It lives on, even though people are back in person, because it was so much fun and, and a really good way for people to interact who don't have the ability to go outside or, or just don't want to for whatever reason, um, We ended up getting some attention from ESPN. There was like a ton of press around this at a time when people were stuck inside. So it was a good example of working nonprofit in partnership with a brand, building something that didn't exist before and doing it based on what what was happening. Like we couldn't do what we normally did. So how do you pivot and figure out something else to still serve both the company's goals and the nonprofit's goals? Sarah, when it comes to any upcoming projects or campaigns that Visible is doing from a social impact perspective, is there anything that really excites you? Yeah, this month is Pride Month, as probably a lot of these listeners know. And uh, Visible is really proud of our Pride campaign this year. Um, As I've said in previous questions, Visible set out to be a carrier that really approaches wireless differently. And we have created Visible because we believe that family comes in all forms. You can have your own wireless line. You can join with others. You're not bound to the specific way that wireless should be. So since day one, we've really valued connection and community and bringing people together. And I'm so excited for our campaign called No Straight Answers, um, which is a fun 70s-themed game show that really encourages allyship and intergenerational conversation between younger and older generations in the LGBTQ community. We partnered with Sage on this, the leading uh, nonprofit advocate for LGBTQ elders. And I will also just say that um, Visible really has cared about this community since the beginning. And we've been partnering with organizations and spearheading campaigns since our founding um, and believe that these types of partnerships should continue beyond just the month of June. And we have lots of fun plans for how that will come to be later this year. 
Now, when it comes to your own education, uh, as relates to social impact, are there any publications, websites, podcasts, events that you can recommend your peers to either go to, listen to, read, to stay in in the know in terms of what's going on within social impact profession? Yeah, the the great thing about this world is everyone's a really passionate learner that I've encountered so far. I just got my ESG certificate, um, which I highly recommend. There are lots of programs out there for that kind of uh, continuing education, whether it's part-time, full-time, in-person, virtual. Mine was virtual for one semester, once a week, um, and you know, learned a ton about about a world that I am now in. So I would highly recommend that to anyone interested. Um, and then I think like general awareness of what's going on, staying on top of the news, um, generally, not just in 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 ESG and CSR, it's important to know what's happening. And our company is is um, not international. We're just U.S.-based. So knowing what's happening in the U.S. I would say the third is like knowing what's going on in my own community. So it's really easy in this role to think really big and about these really, really big issues, but it's really grounding to know what's happening in your city, in your neighborhood, on your street. Like, what are those things? Because that is what helps drive all these bigger, bigger moments. And you mentioned ESG. So I have to ask you, how are you thinking about ESG at Visible? Yeah, There's a lot there. great question. <laughs> it's very confusing, this like alphabet soup we have over here where it's CSR and social impact and ESG and ERGs and there's lots of acronyms. So Ver- Verizon has an ESG team, environmental social governance, that does reporting and interacts with investors and all of Visible's work ladders up to that because we're part of Verizon. Verizon also has a CSR team that executes a lot of its nonprofit programming. Visible, we are not necessarily doing ESG because of the ladder up to Verizon, but we're really focused on the S of ESG. Um, So specifically those campaigns, those nonprofit partnerships, um, making sure that our social impact is embedded into who we are as a brand, and then letting Verizon sort of run with, with the other letters. Makes sense. Okay, last question for you. When you think about your career and everything that you've done in the social impact profession, what is the most meaningful thing about what you do? I The most meaningful thing is seeing worlds collide. So in my role at Visible, which I found out about from somebody I worked with at Special Olympics, and have partners on the Visible side who I worked with while I was at Salesforce and like all of these different pieces are all colliding at all all times. And it all like comes back to the whole reason I did this in the first place, which is my family. So having that as the, the, you know, the little 10 year old activist in me and now actually being in the world and seeing how it's a small, it's small, like everyone interacts, whether you're a corporate or a nonprofit or philanthropy, they're all interconnected. And seeing that actually happen while I'm in these various roles has been the coolest. Sarah, thank you so much for joining me. 
I loved hearing your story of how you got into social impact. And I also, of course, love what Visible is doing from a social impact perspective. Thank you so much for sharing your story with me. Thanks so much, Jeremy. This episode is brought to you by Social Impact World, the exclusive community for social impact leaders. To learn more, go to www.socialimpactworld.com. I'm Jeremy Brown, and thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Behind the Impact.